Welcome to Hey YA Extra Credit. Every other week opposite the main Hey YA podcast, we'll bring you a short form podcast of YA talk across a wide range of topics. I'm Erica Zafetti. So April is Arab American History Month, and I wanted to get into some YA books by Arab Americans. Deliberately searching for Arab American YA made me realize I've read some adult books by Arab writers, but not many YA books. So I like that I was able to get into some culture and mythology that I didn't have as much experience with, again, in a YA context. So it was really fun, and I hope you like what I have selected for y'all. Also, make sure to check out our latest newsletter called The Deep Dive. So it's basically for like, if you want like interesting stories, hot takes, useful advice, And any other kind of like good bookish related things, we have experts in the world of books and reading that have worked in the industry for years. So we know like all the good stuff that you want to know, some stuff you don't even know you want to know yet. All right. So it's just $5 a month. But if you are not completely sure that it's what you want to commit to, you can get a free version, which is called the Splash Pad because we're cute and punny. Okay. And that rounds up some interesting like reader recommendations and bookish lifestyle goodies and all that extra good bookish stuff. So make sure to check that out when you get a chance. Before we dive in, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing. You'll only cross these blades once in a page-turning new tale of revenge strategy and so many lies. Best-selling Red Tower Books is releasing its next year's read that will capture your imagination and keep you guessing until the end. May Corlin's Five Broken Blades tells an intricate high-stakes tale of five total strangers united in a plot that will test their strength, wits, and courage. Each has their reasons, all have secrets. But while it's easy to portray a stranger, it's not so simple to stab a friend or a lover, okay, in the back. Now these five blades must choose between vengeance and one another. Pick up five broken blades by Mae Corlin for a thrilling, adventurous tale filled with risk, romance, adventure, and oh, so many lies. The relationships in it are complex and nuanced and involve everything from friends to enemies found in biological family and lovers and more. Thanks again to Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publishers of the smash hit Fourth Wing for sponsoring this episode. 
Okay, so the first one I have is Mirage by Samaya Dodd. So if you ever thought it'd be cool to read a story set in a fantastical Morocco, obviously that sounds super cool. This is it. Now the world is actually called Cadiz, and in it, Amani dreams of life before the Vathic came and conquered her people. She wants to be a poet, and she loves the poetry of her ancestors, and she actually looks to this poetry in moments where she is seeking comfort. I love that the author put in so many actual historical details in this. For instance, the older poetry that Amani reads are it's actually poetry that the author herself translated from Arabic back into Amazi with her mother. And the Amazi people are an actual group of people who are indigenous to Morocco. And they've been there for like thousands of years, if I recall correctly. And they were there before uh, Morocco was colonized and invaded multiple times, might I add. So Amani gets this interesting life she's always wished for. Like, so she comes from like a small town, you know, like they don't have a lot of money. And she has these like poetic dreams, literally of like, you know, just like adventure and stuff like that. Sis gets what she's asking for, what she asked for, I should say, but like in the worst way, she's kidnapped by the Vathic and brought to the royal palace where she finds out that she looks like exactly like the Vathic princess, which was actually why she's kidnapped. So it turns out the princess is so nasty that she's really hated by the people. And as the rebel attacks have increased, the palace is scared for her safety. So Amani will act as her stand-in, like her body double. So Amani will act as her stand-in or her body double while the princess is off <laughs> being nasty or whatever she be doing. Um, she actually gets some interesting character development and stuff. So, you know, but people really dislike her at first. Um, okay, so... It turns out, though, that Amani starts to like, kind of like, like the world that she, this new world she has literally been like thrown into. She has to learn to navigate the court life and stuff like that. But then there are other things like, say, the princess's fiance Idris, insert eyebrow wiggle, and also I would say the world building in this is so well done. And I loved learning about indigenous Moroccan history, especially about the warrior queen Dia, who is seen as a symbol of strength, female empowerment and fighting against oppressors. We stand, we stand a warrior queen. Okay, period. Um, heads up that this is the first in a series and the second book titled Court of Lions is already out. So yeah, again, it is Mirage by Samaya Dog. Next up I have for you Like a Love Story by Abdi Nazamian. So in this one, it's the late 80s and Reza, a teen from Iran who has just moved to New York City with his mom, is gay. He's also extremely scared about someone finding out that he's gay because he himself views it as being like associated with the AIDS crisis and therefore death, which is so terrible to like know and, you know, but that's real. Like as depressing as this sounds, it it makes a lot of sense because of how many, like how many positive images of gay people were there in the 80s, really. So, I mean, even now, like there's still a lot of homophobia, transphobia and stuff like that. So it was even worse in many ways back then. So through the story, you see just how isolating being gay could be back then. And again, like I said, it's still relevant now. And when I say back then, <laughs> it wasn't, it really wasn't that long ago, like, um, a lot of people who were alive back then are still alive now. So 
So in addition to Reza, you have Judy and Art, who both look up to Judy's uncle, who has AIDS and is an AIDS activist. Art, who is Judy's bestie, is like the only out kid at their school, and he gets shamed for it by his classmates. Again, homophobia. So when they meet Reza's fine self, though, they both like him. They're both like attracted to him and stuff. But remember, Reza isn't out, so Judy and he start dating. But Art and Reza have great chemistry, and it's becoming harder and harder for Reza to deny that fact. He denies it because he's not out yet, yes, but he also denies it because he doesn't want to hurt Judy's feelings. So you get to see things through all three main characters' points of view, which is such a great way to tell the story, I think, because they all undergo so much growth. Then there's New York City in the 80s, right? So it has so many different things going for it. There's romance, obviously, but there's also like a lot of a lot of character development and a lot of different like kinds of relationships are explored, just not not just romantic ones. So definitely pick this up. Again, it's like a love story by Abdi Nazimian. Okay, next up I have for you We Hunt the Flame by Hafsa Faisal. I am a little biased towards fantasy. So, I mean, y'all might have heard that before. Y'all might have heard me say that before. It's really true. So this is another fantasy. You're going to like it, though, I promise. In this one, a great man known as the Hunter regularly traverses the cursed forest of the Ars to feed his village. Except the Hunter is actually a huntress, okay, named Safira. Now, Safira puts on the act because she's a girl and would not be ex- respected or accepted as a heroic figure the Hunter is if people found out. This is even with her being super brave. Again, she's going into this creepy forest nobody wants to go into. And while she's also a legit, like, really good hunter, obviously, that's why she's known as the hunter. But despite all those things, it would not be acceptable for her to do what she does as a girl. So then there's the prince, Prince Nasir, who is also an assassin. These people are busy, honey. They have... They're hunting, they have multiple identities, one's a prince and an assassin, just multitasking. Hashtag productivity, okay? So Prince Nasir's father is a real piece of work. He's a sultan and he sends the prince to do his bidding. He basically orders him to kill anyone who he sees as a threat to himself. And But despite his body count, like Nasir actually does have like compassion and stuff, but he's just under the thumb of his abusive father. So the two of them, that is Prince Nasir and Safira, end up meeting because a witch tells her to go to this island and get an artifact that can save the world. And we already know this is about that saving the world life. So of course she goes and Nasir is sent after her to kill her and take the artifact for the Sultan, aka his father. The reason they end up coming together as reluctant allies is because they start to realize there is a greater threat, like a greater evil that threatens their world. And I don't know about y'all, but I really love the like enemies to lovers or like reluctant lovers romantic trope in adventure fantasies and fantasies. Another place I saw this done really well was in Spin the Dawn by Elizabeth Lim, another one of my faves that I've mentioned on here before. Plus, you've got these two very capable characters who can handle themselves like physically and are kind of legendary in their own right. So the, like the prince, obviously, for the wrong reasons. Um, but I am sympathetic to his circumstances. 
But let me not forget to mention the world building aspects of this book because y'all, this fantastical, magical world of Arab mythology comes to life. And then there are these like wild, delicious sounding descriptions of food. I was Googling things I had never heard before, looking at these images. And I was like, all right, I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that. Some of it, I'm just like, I'm just have to buy that because I don't think I can make it. It's beyond my skill, but it looks delicious. So definitely pick up We Haunt the Flame by Hafsa Faisal. And have a good time reading all this YA by Arab American authors. I gave you a couple of fantasies because that's just my bag, you know, but I mix, I try to mix it up for y'all. I try to mix it up with like a love story. So I hope y'all appreciate me stepping outside of my usual. I did it for y'all. JK, just kidding. Um, these are all great books. I hope you enjoy them. And thanks so much for tuning in today, as well as our sponsor for making the day show possible. You can follow me on Twitter at Erica underscore E-Z-E underscore. Big shout out to Jen Zink, our audio editor, for making me sound great and like a normal person. You know, I appreciate you, Jen. We'll see you next week on the main podcast, where I'll be joined by Tears of Price. Until next week, happy reading. Happy reading.